You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. This is the game preview edition for week three of the preseason. The Chiefs are about to start their dress rehearsal against the San Francisco 49ers. Here to help me talk about that game uh, is my dear pal. We'll start here. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic tonight. Tonight is the night that I've been the most excited to podcast in a long time now. I don't know what it is. I just got a bunch of energy. I'm going to need Kent to raise it up a little bit. I'm going to need Kent to elevate his energy level for the rest of this podcast right now. Normally at this time, we beg for five-star reviews, but we really (laughs) just got to get into it. DeAnthony Thomas came back for the Chiefs. Oh, wait, he was wearing a jersey with the number five on it. If that's not a sign sent to you guys to hop over into the iTunes reviews, drop five stars for us, leave a review with a question. We'll read it aloud on the live stream for you guys. It'll be a lot of fun for us and you guys. Kent, you got something else yet? You you should leave that review. (laughs) Okay, so we are also joined by Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter, at BarleyHop. Once he recovers from facepalming that joke, he will join us. I'm, I'm not. I'm leaving the podcast. This is it, guys. Uh, it's been a good run, mediocre run. Uh, speaking for myself, mostly there. I've been pretty mediocre, but after that pun, I, I just can't. I so you're can't saying be a part that, that, that. That, that's all, folks? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done, this is guys. Great. I don't okay. Have one well, for me and Maddie, me and Maddie are here to uh, just, I guess, carry the rest of this show. It was nice to know you, Craig. Uh, thank you for uh, setting the live stream up and all that good stuff for us. So uh, you you can go now, I guess. I guess your time is uh, time is over. Peace out, guys. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got three storylines on offense and defense to uh, to go over. Also, going to give you guys all offensive and defensive players to watch. This is kind of the format that we're going to be rolling with during the season. We've been doing it the last two weeks of the preseason. Guys, I want to start here. We're going to go on offense as usual, as we should, uh, because Patrick LeVon Mahomes is on offense last time I checked. I want to start on the defense. Well, that's yeah. not how this works. What? No. No. I hate MVP's, that you're in control of this. MVP, <laughs> MVPs first, guys. That's all I got to say. Uh, speaking of the MVP... If you watched last week's game, you saw about half of a, of a quarter of Patrick Mahomes, and that half of a quarter was ugly. There was that one point where the play busted, and Patrick just threw the ball out of, the, out of bounds because he wasn't about to risk a busted, broken play like that, turning into something worse in a wet, rain-delayed game. So I think we're all trying to, uh, to see this offense maybe get in a little bit better 
kind of rhythm this this week, Maddie. I know that's one thing we're kind of paying attention to. Yeah, and I'm not particularly concerned about the offense being out of rhythm for a delayed game in which the Steelers were throwing a little bit more out there than you usually see in a preseason game, especially the second one. So it's not a big deal to me that they looked a little out of sync. It wasn't fun as a viewer of the game, but then being out of sync is not a big deal. I do want to see them come out. I want to see the offense execute like it did that first week against the Bengals. I don't even care if Mahomes plays one drive at this point in time, as long as it's successful. Down the field, boom, 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 some quick passes, maybe one vertical shot, mix in some runs, pull them out, call it good. Apparently, I didn't get the memo that in preseason game three, nobody plays any players worth mentioning this year. That's a thing. So Mahomes needs one series, and then I'm good. Well, the only reason that Green Bay isn't playing tonight is because they're playing on an 80-yard field in Winnipeg, Ooh. Canada right now. That is a true fact. Are they, they playing eight-man shoot- football? They play. Are they playing eight-man football too? You know what? Why is Rogers not throwing a hail mary every play? He can hit the end zone from anywhere. (laughs) That's true. I mean, you're not wrong. If they were playing eight-man right now, we would not be podcasting. We would all be sitting (laughs) around watching NFL eight-man football. Now, I I too, I too want to see how the offense looks. I want to see a little bit more of a game plan, a little bit more maybe Andy Reid's first five or ten. Try and get him in a rhythm. Get Pat into a rhythm see the running backs, maybe touch the ball a little bit more, and then try and maybe dial up a deep shot or two just to kind of see, because we've seen it in practice, we've seen it in camp, we've seen all the videos and everything like that. It'd just be nice to kind of see those guys click because they're not going to play next week, and it's going to be a little while before they take the field again. And I'm not really worried about a lack of rhythm or anything. Like That's not something I'm worried about. I just I think it'd be good to see them just kind of – have you know have a little fluidity to what they're doing just get into a rhythm so you know they're kind of just ready for the the regular season it's a good thing to kind of just kind of end on a on a good note smooth sailing with the mvp that'd be a lot of fun maybe highlight so, some of the star players we haven't seen them go to tyree kill sammy Watkins, travis kelsey that often yet and i get it it's preseason you don't need to go to the veterans that often but just get them and Pat Mahomes out there, showcase quickly what the offense is going to be during the regular season, then you're good. That's all we need. Utilize the best players. We're going to get plenty of Blake Bells and McCole Hardmans throughout the whole game and then the last game. Let's see maybe some of the stars do something here this first drive or two. One of the things that we need to talk about before uh, this San Francisco 33 years game is – uh, the wide receiver usage, things kind of got mixed up a little bit here with Marcus Kemp's injury. The Chiefs sign uh, Lee Summit's finest, uh, apparently. DeAnthony Thomas, who's been living locally this season uh, after you know a, a career with the Kansas City Chiefs, came back, signed late into, uh, into the, the preseason, so he is back. It kind of feels like he might be here to replace the, the empty roster spot that Marcus Kemp left kind of pessimistic about Cody Thompson, but I think we kind of want to see one, does that get used and two, what the wide receiver situation looks like here, Matt. I'm not so sure that Danton Thomas has a role as a wide receiver. So I think the big thing that holding on to Kemp for a wide receiver was he could play any position. He knows the playbook and he could step in and play any one of the positions. Danton Thomas knows the playbook, but you're not going to put Danton Thomas on the line of scrimmage and ask him to run a slant you're not even really putting DeAnthony Thomas as the Z and having him just outrun somebody with an outside release down the field. He's essentially a slot-only wide receiver. 
which is fine, especially when he knows the playbook. But he doesn't really fill that Kemp role, which was the ability to play anywhere. So if anything, I think it's just for special teams. And you might see it, Cody it is. Thompson. I mean, that's kind of why Marcus Kemp was on this roster anyway. But he's probably going to be listed as a wide receiver. He's going to be technically the sixth wide receiver on this roster is my guess. Well, no, for sure. It's just a matter of I think Marcus Kemp knows the playbook just as good. And as an offensive player, as a receiver, he could play any one of the wide receiver positions. How well is up in the air, but he could physically do it. De'Anthony Thomas can't match that just based on his size and athletic ability. So you might even see seven wide receivers now without Kemp since you don't have that dual purpose, knows the playbook, can do everything, and play special teams. Because Cody Thompson's far better as a wide receiver to play across all three positions than D'Anthony Thomas is. Cody Thompson can wide receiver. Um, I'm not certain D'Anthony Thomas can. I mean, he's obviously a functional NFL weapon. He is an offensive weapon. He's a gadget player. I mean, we talked a little bit about McCall Hardman being that type of gadget player, replacing some of those touches that DeAnthony Thomas had gotten in previous years. Now DeAnthony Thomas is here. I would rather give the ball to McCole Hardman, honestly. The speed is legit. I He deserves to be you know, the recipient of those targets more so than DeAnthony Thomas. If anything about this move, or if this move tells you anything about anything about this team, it's that Dave Tobe has control over a handful of roster spots. I know we've joked about it a lot, but guys, Marcus Kemp goes down. Dave Tobe was asked about it directly, and he danced around the question a little bit, basically said, well, you know, that's not exactly why we brought him in, but maybe it, you know, it definitely helped it along. Dave Tobe gets to call the shots on a handful of roster spots. This is simply him dialing up another one of his guys to bring in and play Gunner, and that's that's fine. That's what Dave does. So, is, but is that's fun, but we though? got to see it. We got to see it. it. You know, I I think you know I all, all the things you guys are saying are true, and I honestly I don't completely get why D'Anthony Thomas is going to be on this roster outside of of Dave Tobe influence. I do think looking and watching and seeing what wide receivers get in with the first team and all that stuff, I still think that's actually going to be an indicator of of what the 53-man roster might look like. So I'm keeping an eye on the likes of Cody Thompson. Where and when does he get in with? Who does he get in with? Because I think those are the little things that whether or not I – mean, why. D'Anthony Thomas, you're right, he's technically a wide receiver. He's not doing a ton. He's not running all three receiver spots. He's going to be catching those end arounds or those little misdirection under the arms of the running back flips for touchdowns that Mecole Hardman should probably be getting. If he gets any of them, I'll just be kind of salty. But I think even just getting to see what happens with that first unit is going to kind of give you an idea of how the wide receivers are going to be used and who is – going to be used because I, I I don't I'm not very optimistic I'm kind of pouring one out for Cody Thompson preemptively right now I'll just be frank I don't feel very optimistic that he's making this roster at this point I, I think, think they'd have to Thomas keep seven wide receivers in order to keep I, Cody Thompson at this point and I, I'm not sure that they're going to do that I'm not feeling it I'm just flat out not feeling it. I'm very pessimistic. And the pod after the 53-man roster cutdown could be very interesting if something like this happens. Let's uh, let's talk about another storyline, the third storyline we kind of want to talk about for the offensive side of the ball. Cam Irving has switched from the swing tackle, uh, mercifully. He's moved from that 
to play inside. He's been getting a lot of run this week with the first team. He's been lining it le- up at left guard and, replace, and, and he's replacing Andrew Wiley. I find that, frankly, stunning. Uh, maybe they're just hoping they can get more out of Cam inside. I know Cam thought he was a tackle. He said he was a tackle for the longest time. That's where he's wanted to play. Uh, they let him try, and it failed miserably. He lo- he was he was very bad the first two weeks of this preseason. So now they've moved him inside, uh, and I, it sounds like he might have replaced Andrew Wiley. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens once the games get going and everything. I think the big thing for me is Andrew Wiley should 100% be the backup offensive tackle. So if this is just him getting practice reps playing tackle, since it's clear as day that Cam Irving is not capable of being the backup offensive tackle, then it's fine. You can't give Andrew Wiley all the reps at the first team guard, then make him take all the reps at tackle during a practice. So if that's what's happening, I felt okay about it. But then kind of came Andy's comments today. That one threw me off a little bit because it really does sound like they see Cameron Irving as a starting level guard, which is fine. He was serviceable last year at playing guard. I just don't know when he was ever good enough this year at tackle, last year at guard, to justify replacing Andrew Wiley, who just simply played better last year when he was playing guard than Andrew than Cameron Irving did. This year during the preseason, he's been fine. I was watching him a little bit against the Steelers. He didn't play great, but he also was not bad by any way. He was not a weak link along the offensive line. So it just seems like a change to make a change. And we never know what's going on behind the scenes, but there has to be something we don't know to make this move because Cameron Irving simply isn't good enough to justify throwing everything that you've worked on for months out the window now. Yeah, there's got to be something else here. Did Andrew Wiley miss assignments? I mean, it it didn't show up. Like, it's hard to really look at offensive line in preseason and take too terribly much from it, but it certainly does look that Andrew Wiley lost his starting job this week, and that's not good. Cam Irving is certainly better at left guard than he is at tackle. That doesn't mean that he should be starting over Andrew Wiley. That doesn't mean that they should be moving Andrew Wiley out to tackle. I I said kind of all along this preseason that Cam Irving could be a piece that could get dealt. I'm even more in that camp if he can't play swing tackle because the Chiefs have right. a plethora of interior offensive linemen that are serviceable or that they've invested in. It's time for those investments to pay dividends. You can't just sit here and carry Khalil McKenzie for another year without him doing something. So if you've got those guys that you're willing to lean on, Cam Irving at left guard just doesn't make any sense to me because it, it just, Andrew Wiley's better and you've got other guys on the roster. So it's time to move on in my opinion. And here's kind of why I'm looking into this whole Cam Irving situation a little bit. This is your dress rehearsal. Why are you trying to do this this week? Why are you playing around with with your starting offensive lineman the week you're kind of simulating game prep? The week you're kind of, you know, getting, you know, trying to simulate what it's going to be like, what your preparation and all that stuff is going to be like. This is not the week to tinker. So why why are they doing this it seems like this might be a decision you know one you know one's an one's an one's an anomaly two three three's a trend like i mean it seems like he's been there all week so 
Well, I, I think I the know. issue comes in, though, if they realize that Cameron Irving is not cutting it as an offensive tackle and they're going to need another backup offensive tackle, it's not him. Because like, that's pretty clear. If that's the move, who else is it going to be? Andrew Wiley was essentially in line to be that last year when he played offensive tackle in the preseason. So if they know they need a new backup tackle and it's not going to be Cameron Irving, they do need to get Andrew Wiley if he's a possibility reps out there. Yeah, it's a weird timing to do it, but you can't really wait too much longer either if you're making that full switch. And then full tinfoil hat time. What if they know that, say, Fisher isn't going to be here next year? What if they just want someone to be ready to take his place? Like just long-term development. They know Cameron Irving is going to be roughly the same as Andrew Wiley. I think a little worse, but roughly the same at guard. Now they just want Andrew Wiley to take all practice reps here on out at tackle. Is if what if they plan on making him play there next year after Fisher's gone? Said full tinfoil hat. Ugh. But Cameron Irving obviously isn't an answer for left tackle. Maybe, maybe the the full tinfoil hat is trying to make your your 2019 team worse though. Yeah. Like this is Matthew Lane's nightmare. You're always <laughs> complaining about that $25 million in cap space just sitting there not helping this team get better. And now you're tinfoiling an idea <laughs> that they're getting worse. Listen, like, Kit, I mean, they're that, making themselves t- worse. So no matter if it's a tinfoil hat theory or not, they have actively <laughs> chose to make themselves worse. I'm just trying to justify it in some way. See, I, I thought you were going to go the I contract method with it like andrew wiley's up next year you know they're just trying to drive his costs down so that they can have their left guard of the future on a cheap deal and there's that mean there's options and here's the thing cameron irving was serviceable as a guard so if cameron irving has to play left guard it's not like the chiefs are automatically going to be terrible at the position i just think andrew wiley had proven that he was already at least as good younger cheaper and i thought he was better and now you're just throwing a wrench into something that's been worked out all offseason. Cam Irving has not played right. left guard all year next to Fisher. This is a weird time to make this full switch unless Wiley's been terrible or unless they have some other plan that we just don't know about yet. And like I said, it's weird to make your team worse on purpose at this point in time. Maybe they're just showcasing Cam Irving to do what Craig is trying to do and just get this guy off the, off the football team. I just... Nothing makes sense, and we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it's not a definitive thing that this is what's going on. It's just, man, it doesn't seem the timing totally of it's so odd. Timing of so it's so odd, odd, unless they're sticking with him. So, right, all right, Craig, give us an offensive player to watch on Saturday. Well, I'm going with Byron Pringle. I uh, I realize that Byron Pringle probably won't get much time with the ones, if any. And he's probably not going to get a ton of time as a two-wide receiver. We'll see some, but not as much as maybe he could have in previous games. I'm watching Pringle for special teams because I think that's where he's got to be to make this team. He was an All-American returner. He's been a pretty good gunner in the reps that he's gotten. His wide receiver reps are going to be fairly limited if he does make this roster so he's got to make it as a special teamer in my mind I want to see more from him in that aspect of the game because we do know that he's a pretty good wide receiver he can stretch the field a little bit he he's a pretty big body he's got suspect hand like we know Byron Pringle the receiver 
I think we need to see a little bit more out of him in special teams in order to kind of make him one of Dave Tobe's guys and then assuring his roster spot. Well, the interesting thing is his last two returns that he's made this year and then going back to last year have been good. They've been good returns. Mm-hmm. Then you go last week against the Steelers, and there wasn't a lot of kick returns to go around, but he wasn't even on the field for any of them as they returned, man. So is he buried that far down the depth chart? Are they just trying to see what everyone's got? It just doesn't make sense that he's been successful in the reps he gets and has the pedigree that he has, but then he just doesn't get as many options as Tremont Smith, Darwin Thompson, or just about anybody else as a return man. So it's either they already know what they have or they don't like what they're seeing in practice, you have to assume. Maddie, who's your guy? My guy is going to be the one, the only, the Lizard King, a.k.a. Sammy Watkins. I think it's just time to have, like I said earlier, showcase some of these star players. Sammy's kind of only gotten one real target. It was a pass in the first game, a quick little curl, then he was out of the game. Let's get him going a little bit. I want to see Sammy Watkins. I just want to see him run some more advanced routes, maybe get a little vertical, just see what he can do, show off some skills. He's going to be an important part of the offense this year. I feel more comfortable knowing that Tyreek Hill is going to be fast, that Travis Kelsey is going to be a better athlete than anybody trying to cover him. I want to see Sammy Watkins just prove that he's still as good as I think he can be and do what he did against New England last year. And I, I mean, when we were out at training camp, we saw a lot of good things. We haven't really seen much in the game. It's been a small sample size, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he's up to. Uh, my guy, it, it's Carlos Hyde. I think this is a big week for him. Uh, you know, I, I, I think there's still things to like about Carlos Hyde. I think you can trust him in pass pro specifically. And like, I'm still focused on making sure Patrick Mahomes is protected. So I think he could still be an asset potentially there, but I think you probably need to see a little bit from him to give you confidence that he's going to be on this roster moving forward. It does sound like Darwin Thompson is going to get more opportunity. He's going to be a part of the plan here. So, um, Carlos Hyde, uh, this is a big week for you, my friend. Uh, we're going to uh, take a break. We'll be back to talk about the defense in preparation for this game against the 33ers. I'm sorry, 49ers. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we held off as long as we could, but now we've got to kind of oblige Craig, I guess, uh, oblige him and and let him talk about the defense. Let's start with this. Mo Claiborne, we think, is going to make his debut for the Kansas City Chiefs this week, maybe get a little bit of run. Uh, Probably all of our first chances to to get uh, get a look and get some eyes on the Chiefs' newest cornerback edition, and hopefully we see some good things. Yeah, and the hope is that he can outplay Traverius Ward, Herb Miller, even from the get-go. Now, it might be a little kind of high hopes to think that he's going to do it in this very first game with the Chiefs, but at the same time, preseason's very boiled down. He can go out there and just showcase baseline skills as a cornerback that the other two don't have a complete skill set right now. Morris Claiborne has at least been in the NFL doing everything a cornerback needs to do 
at a NFL starting level before. If he can come out, show Chiefs fans that he is worthy of starting in the NFL and not leave them with questions that you might have about Ward or Herb Miller, Chiefs fans should feel great. You have a guy coming back after a few game suspension. He's coming back out. He's going to be better than those two guys. And you're happy. You don't feel great about the cornerback spot, but you at least have three players that you know should be starting on an NFL field. Absolutely. And Morris Claiborne is going to play this game and then essentially disappear after preseason week four. Like, they're not going to see him for a while. And it's not just us. It's the team as well. So he needs to come out there. He needs to knock the rust off a little bit. Maybe dive in, try and make some hits. Don't be surprised if Morris Claiborne ends up playing a little bit longer than some of the other starters. I know he's coming back from injury, but he just needs those reps right now coming back from injury because he's not going to get him as much here in a couple weeks, and he just signed with the team, so it's not like he's been running through training camp this entire time. They need him to go out there, play some decent snaps so they can get a good idea of what they're getting and how readily they can slap him in there in week five. I almost kind of wonder if he doesn't get a little bit of run in week four yeah. just just because he's going to have such a long layover if you delay that another you know that that it's his last chance to get live reps until week 5 so i do wonder if maybe you get a uh, a mo claiborne appearance uh at least make him go through the process and all that that week uh getting warmed up and all that good stuff but yeah i am excited to see what he's up to uh and in if he can just help you know swing the confidence of this cornerback group a little bit just I think you know his presence here is still valuable because the guys that are going to be leaned on for the first quarter of the season, there's pressure on them now because there is some guy that can come in and take their job, and I think that's really important. I know one thing you guys kind of wanted to talk a little bit about was uh, was the de- defensive back rotation, maybe kind of seeing the usage, who gets in where, and what kind of stuff you see. Uh, is that correct, Maddie? Yeah, no, absolutely. I do want to see if you're going to see your Herb Miller come into the game and still have Charvarius Ward in there at the same time. Are they going to essentially get kind of cornerback 3A and cornerback 3B reps? I guess with Mo Claiborne now, that could even be 4A and 4B. But this last week against the Steelers, they were both out there on the field kind of at the same time. Bashad Breeland, Kendall Fuller got to lead the game. Herb Miller came on and Charvarius Ward was out there playing the rest of the time. He's young, so he needs the extra time. But it was just interesting that him and Herb Miller were out there kind of at the same time with one another. Will that continue? I kind of think it will. It's just interesting to have two guys that are so different in their play style, but they seem to be battling kind of for the same spot right now. If They clearly have taken a step above Demontre Wade, Mark Fields, and Rashad Fenton to me. Absolutely. And, yeah, Matt hit the nail on the head there. They're very different. Uh, I mean, size-wise, they're kind of similar, but their skill sets are are about the polar opposite of each other. Charvarius Ward is fast in a straight line, carry vertically. Herb Miller is not fast in a straight line, but he can transition, whereas, again, Charvarius Ward can't. It, if you guys aren't aware, Charvarius Ward's three-cone was bottom 1%. Like, his RAS is it, very, very poor, and it's entirely because of his three-cone, because 40 was fast, was this three cone 8.08? No, it wasn't quite that slow, but it, okay. it was high sevens, very high sevens. So oh, wow. it was not good. So that's something that we just kind of 
got to watch a little bit because I think right behind those guys, Rashad Fenton seems to have the backup nickel locked up right now. It's not a position I really projected him as when we were watching his tape. He just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He's better on the boundary, better able to kind of keep his butt to the boundary and shuffle. That was kind of what he did well is, you know, keeping his eyes in the backfield. From the nickel, he's going to have to do a lot more. So I don't know that I like that a lot, but they don't really seem to be giving fields reps inside, and Demontre Wade certainly isn't getting reps inside. So I'm going to be paying attention to those backup guys here the next couple weeks to see if anything changes. Yeah, and I think this week three, uh, you know, kind of dress rehearsal, it's the kind of same thing we're talking about with receivers. You know, who's getting on the field when it matters. And, you know, guys like Mark Fields that we all really think has a lot of talent, when he gets on the field, it's kind of going to be important to, to see. And the same with the likes of Herb Miller and Charvarius Ward. I think there's a lot up in the air with that cornerback position still. I think it's entirely possible that, uh, you know, they could keep – they could keep three rookie corners. They could keep Herb Fields and uh, and Fenton. I mean, it's it's crazy, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that half of their cornerback group is rookies. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that group as well. Uh, I know one of the things that we also kind of want to look at and just kind of see is you know if we get any games up front, any stunts, any twists, anything like that to maybe just kind of get a taste. Uh, of what we might be able to uh, to to see this entire season. Yeah, and the Chiefs have been pretty consistent about running some tech stunts or the tackle goes first, the end cuts in behind them towards the inside of the offensive line in these first two preseason games. I imagine you'll get more of those. They're pretty basic, but it's still a stunt. It still can work. I'm just kind of wondering if they're going to get a little bit more creative with them rather than having the defensive tackle crash into the offensive tackle and then the defensive end is pretty much running a straight line off their hip. I just wonder if you're going to see some more creative kind of looping, maybe some more delays or anything like that. And if not, that's fine. You can save the good stuff to get later on into the season. I know we saw a lot of linebackers lining up in the A-gaps, whether they were blitzing or dropping here against the Steelers. They did it a lot. They even pulled Frank Clark a couple times back out into kind of a quarterback spy or just like watching a shallow zone. So they were doing some stuff. I just don't think they're getting too advanced yet, and I'm not really sure that I want them to show too much yet. Yeah, I'm with Maddie there. It's not vanilla. I, it's certainly varied here. My thing is I, I want to see them practice it a little bit live. It's one thing to be doing it in practice. You want to see some of these reps happen live. You want to just see every once in a while a something a little more exotic than what they're currently doing out there just to you know kind of flex those muscles a little bit and and make sure that what's happening is what you're asking to happen on the field for Steve Spagnuolo so I'm interested to see a little bit more. Maybe we do get to see just a little hint of something more. I, I know for me it would get me excited to see that after watching Bob Sutton not do anything <laughs> up front for five years here. Well, I think it'll be also interesting just to kind of look and see who's good at him, mm -hmm. who's asked to do what, uh, and, and who has success with them too. I mean, you know, that that's something I'm kind of looking looking forward to checking out as well. And I think just the rotation along the defensive line too, it sounds like Breland Speaks may not be available. 
Uh, does Colin Saunders maybe get some run? Does, you know, Tano Passano is, you know, is he going to get some, does he get more reps out at end? Because, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're one short now, I guess. Are they one short at end with Breland Speaks oh, or are they man. one short inside? I don't know. I guess we're going to, you know, they're, we're going to have to find out eventually. They're one defensive lineman, very large defensive lineman short. That's what they Look, are. And all jokes aside, that's an interesting point because Bruin Speaks has definitely played mostly defensive end, mm-hmm. but he has been the first end to kick inside the defensive tackle spot. Like they have kicked him on third and longs. He goes in and plays D tackle. And so is it going to be Tano Passanio? Is it going to be Emmanuel Ogba that maybe come off the bench to do so? Or is it going to be an Okafor that kicks inside and then they bring off one of those guys on the end? So that is something to watch just to kind of get – a general look at where they see these guys. And yeah, I one thing I do want to mention, Craig talked about it. These guys need the live action on these stunts. That is true. Because if you watch them run these stunts versus the Bengals, essentially Breland Speaks and I think it was Jeremiah Atachu, they were just running into players. Yeah, they were stunting, but they were simply just running <laughs> into the opposite guy. And sometimes that might result in some help. But like you got to know when you're crashing into a tackle or you're cutting behind your defensive tackle you got to know how to operate from there. And it did look like these guys knew what to do. They just weren't super comfortable in knowing how to react once they got there. So more reps doing so is going to be better for a team that has not done a lot in the past. Kind of also curious to see what Emmanuel Ogba's usage is with that first group because it feels like he really – and obviously the first unit really has kind of been kicked off pretty quick, but – I want to see how he rotates in. I kind of just want to see the rotation on the defensive he was, line. He was general. running with the twos this week. I mean, he right. he and Breland Speaks were the two guys that came in at defensive end with the twos, not Tano Passi. No, he, he was later on in the game. Now, again, it's preseason. They might just be getting guys' looks, but Ogba seemed to kind of come in immediately with the twos there. And this is why no Breland Speaks kind of throws a wrench into the plan because now you're going to mm-hmm. see Ogba and K-Pass, but it's just a matter of, are you only seeing them because Speaks is hurt? Is Ogba really ahead of him? So on and so forth. But it's still going to be nice to see him. I want to see more Ogba reps because I thought he was kind of up and down against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So more reps for him is good. I think we know what we have in Tano. I know everybody wants to hold out hope and see him again, but I think it's pretty clear on what he is at this point in time. Maybe he still develops, but I think you have a good picture of what he's going to bring this year already. Yep, I, I agree. All right, defensive players to watch. Craig, start us off. Well, I wasn't here to talk about him last week, so I got to bring up. I'm not. I'm not fully a herbivore. Kid. Oh my god! Oh, come on, Craig. But big herb over here. Big herb. I'm, I'm interested to see him play this week. I want to see him play this week, and I want to see him maybe mix in a little early. I want to see him against some of the San Francisco starting players. I want to see what he can do here because, like we said, he does not have vertical speed. But he can still be protected with a safety over the top. They can still run some coverage calls with him underneath as more of a shallow zone and in the flats and taking away curls, things like that. He can do that. That makes him a very functional player in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme still. So I'm very, very interested to see if he gets a little bit of run and how he looks and when he comes in. If he comes in before Traverius Ward, you guys might want to start getting your big Herb jerseys ready for week one. 
That perks those ears up a little bit. Yeah, It definitely does. I remember, I'll let you jump in here in a second, Maddie, but man, I just remember the first weekend I was out there, Herb Miller was getting run with the twos. I messaged you guys. I was like, Herb Miller's out here with the twos. And it was just like this, like, I think we were all stunned. And I thought you uh, you were having a steak and you were just putting some Herb butter on top of the mm-hmm. steak, making it yeah. delicious. It's like a Montreal steak seasoning, but just a yeah. Herb Miller seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I just, it was it, it was kind of uh, it was kind of surprising. Was. Maddie, who are you looking forward to well, watching just, this week? The one thing I want to say about like camp reps, Devontae Wade was getting run with the ones, and they were having injuries, and he was pretty clear cut number two reps at camp for a lot of camp for a lot of it. He doesn't look like he even belongs in this conversation for a guy getting real playing time. I don't even think that he should make the team. That I mean, obviously depends on how much they trust Mark Fields not on the field because Demontre Way just does not look like an NFL caliber cornerback. He just doesn't even move like a cornerback moves. I think in his future to be better, he needs to move to safety. I think that would help him. Yeah. He likes to hit clearly. He doesn't even box safety. He doesn't even really look. He doesn't really look practice squadable right now. No, he either. looks like from a, a linebacker from a cornerback. Trying to play cornerback. Yeah, he does not move like a cornerback should move. So. That was just a quick little aside, but I'm most excited to see Damian Wilson. I think it kind of caught me and probably a lot of people by surprise that he's playing the first team Will linebacker. He is playing the weak side linebacker, whether we're talking in the nickel or in the base defense. He's playing what's considered your most athletic linebacker spot with the first team right now. That wasn't what I would have seen for him watching his film at Dallas. Even just looking at him, he's a bigger, stronger guy. He plays physical. He has no problems with taking on tight ends or offensive tackles in the run game. But watching him carry routes vertically or run sideline to sideline probably isn't a strong suit. So I'm just interested to see him get more reps, especially if they get put in that base defense by the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan's offense. He'll be out there with presumably Reggie Ragland and Anthony Hitchens, I guess, at this point in time, or whatever they're trying to do. But he'll be out there. He'll be asked to run a little bit with these fullbacks and tight ends. I just want to see, can he keep up? Is that going to be his position, or are they just kind of testing it out? Because I like his game. I just didn't think it was going to be at the weak side spot. I didn't either. That was probably the most shocking part about training camp is seeing his coverage reps. Like, we saw him. We watched his film. He didn't look great in coverage in Dallas. He really didn't. And watching him out there, I don't know if he's a little lighter I don't know if he's just a little more comfortable. I'm not sure what it is, but he seems quicker. In one-on-ones, which are tailor-made to get tight ends and running backs in space against bad coverage linebackers and man coverage, he held his own well enough. And that that's inspiring. That should make people feel good, and that's probably why Steve Spagnuolo is using him in those positions right now. And he was, he was kind of up and down during... Uh, during my weekend out there at training camp, uh, he actually had a really nice play diving for a ball by Kyle Shermer. That was one of the worst throws I've seen at a professional football training camp before, but it was still really a, ni- a really nice play by him in zone coverage. Uh, he uh, he struggled against Blake Bell in uh, in man coverage a little bit, chasing him around, uh, but. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he's utilized uh, or how he's utilized and, and what he kind of brings to the table and if he's made some strides and steps in coverage. My guy, speaking of coverage players, Darren Lee. Uh, you know, he's a guy that kind of came in late into the process, and uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's done some good things to this point. 
he's he's had a decent uh, he's had a decent uh, couple of preseason training uh, or preseason games, and I just want to see if he builds off of that and how he's utilized with you know the first team. I don't really think I I don't know if I saw him get any reps with the first team. Did we see any reps of Darren Lee with the first team? I can't remember if we no, did. No, we haven't. I don't think we did. And if there's, you know, some of the sub package rotations, you kind of thought maybe he was kind of that coverage backer you guys have been talking about all summer. So what happens to Darren Lee here? So that's something I'm really kind of keeping an eye on. I think it's more about them getting Damian Wilson those looks. They haven't they haven't played very much with that starting defense, but it has right. been Damian on the field. When they're in the base, it's Reggie Damian Wilson and and Anthony Hitchens, but I I do think that they're making Darren Lee earn his spot a little bit, and he he's flashing. He he's looking pretty. I good. think he's earned yeah. it. <laughs> if it was up to me at this point in time, Darren Lee would definitely be your starting weak side linebacker. Like I said, I like what Damian yeah. Wilson's doing. I just think his skill set works better at the strong side. I would rather see Darren Lee out there running. Watching him and Damian Wilson, they just move differently. They play differently. They're different level of athletes. I understand making Darren Lee earn it, but I think he has. He's been one of their better players so far. He's making plays every game, so I'm more than willing to have him out there, but I understand what they're doing. I just want to see how it plays out, I guess. I want to see Darren Lee run with the ones to see if it looks different than when Damian Wilson does, and I hope we get to see that this week, just they haven't done it yet. I'm, I'm ready to see kinda... some nickel looks with Darren Lee at the very least. Yeah. That's, uh, right. you know, even I, I don't need to see base looks with Darren Lee. That's fine. I understand if they don't want to do that, but... I want to see a handful of nickel looks. Get him next to Anthony Hitchens. See how he looks there. Just, yeah. And I, and I, I think that's just, in general, I just want to see if we can get any clues on roster construction. If there's some anything that becomes pretty glaring and obvious about how some of these guys are going to be used. I think that's going to be an important thing we learned this week. That is going to do it for the preview edition of this week's Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. We will be back next week with a mailbag. Uh, getting you ready for preseason week four, the big one, fellas. We'll catch you later. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.